0: What's good everybody welcome to another gold diggers podcast part of the Niners nation podcast network. I am Rob stats Guerrera and with me as always on this Friday from the NFL network Michelle Majuk. What's up Michelle.
1: Hey, hey, can I uh, rant for a second? Always. I am sick of watching bad football. There is so much bad football in the 2021 season. Are there any good offensive coordinators left in the NFL? <laughs> I just where did they go? They have disappeared.
0: See, I know why you're in a bad mood because you were watching Thursday Night Football last night and you tweeted about Mike McCarthy, how he wasn't there. And if he was, the Cowboys would have screwed up their clock management and everybody started raining hellfire down upon you for some reason. And it got you in a bad mood.
1: No, I well, yes, that's just Twitter. Twitter's going (laughs) to Twitter. It's you could not say anything without someone jumping down your throat. But, you know, it did irritate me watching the Cowboys. Like I I get they won. They did everything they needed to do to get the win. That's fine. Taysom Hill, you know, was Taysom Hill. So Mm -hmm. they they got the win. But why are you trying to run down the throats of the Saints? They're such a good run defense. And all of a sudden, the Cowboys go away from their quick passing um, offense, which they've had a lot of success with earlier in the season. And the Saints were the worst defense against quick passes in the nfl and they didn't do that last night i'm so sick of looking into this research and trying to like figure things out and then offensive coordinators are like nope we're gonna do what's the hardest thing to do in this game (laughs) instead of the easiest it's crazy well i mean
0: 49 ers fans know what that's like we were screaming about kyle shanahan earlier this year that like what the hell is going on with this guy he seemingly is a bright offensive mind and was doing stupid things now luckily over the past three weeks, they seem to have straightened it out and figured it out, and we can get into that. But, yeah, I think that coaches go into slumps just like players, and we don't consider that enough. I mean, we've even seen it with Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Like, you can't always put up 30 points all the time.
1: Where are all the good football games? <laughs> I miss. I miss good football. It doesn't help that I have to watch the Steelers every week. I mean, that's just You nailed torture. it last
0: week. You predicted that Joe Mixon was going to run all over them. That is exactly what happened. I think he had a career-high 165 yards in that game. We're obviously going to get into the Seahawks game this week. Huge rivalry game for the 49ers. Before we break all that down, we always tell you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you do, you take the time to leave a review. We will take the time to read it, which brings me to this d 583, 5883, five-star review title, Nice Balanced Podcast Lineup. Niners Nation offers a nice balance of podcasts. You get more of an emotional fan reaction from the Oh Hey There podcast, a straightforward analysis from the Shannon Plan, and some statistical analysis from the Gold Digger podcast if you're into fantasy and betting. My favorite is the Gold Standard and the Instant Reaction podcast with Stats 11. They bring a nice straightforward journalistic analysis without being too soft, mixed with an emotional fan reaction that isn't too over the top. Thank you. That is someone that has partaken of the Niners Nation buffet. And I like that they have, you know, they didn't just go chicken or fish or beef. They went with all three. That's what we want here for Niners Nation. Don't just listen to one show. Listen to all of us.
1: Yeah, I love it. I I think I got someone on board to start listening to all of the podcasts on the network. I met a pilot last night that's a big 49ers fan. Um, and he was looking for some 49ers content and he said, he's been seeing the network around on his podcast app, but hasn't clicked on it yet, but now he's going to listen.
0: Well, what the hell are you waiting for captain? Let's go yeah. click it. Yeah. First of all, how did you meet a pilot?
1: Oh, I don't know. We were at some bar last night watching the game and we talked to some peeps and he was, he just flew in from Germany with, and he was meeting his friends. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It was a good conversation. Big
0: 49ers fan. Who started the conversation?
1: Um, the, he was with some girl and his, her husband and they, they wanted to take a picture. So then we helped them take a picture and then it started a long night of conversations. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. Good time.
0: So what was his reaction when you said that you are a 49ers podcast host?
1: oh yeah he was like so pumped he thought it was so random which it is random uh but he was pretty pumped he asked me you know a a typical guy thing to do was to like ask me about Debo Samuel to see like if I knew what I was talking about oh you
0: had to pass the test
1: yeah I had to pass the test which I did obviously um I rolled my eyes um where he couldn't see you know but yeah, I passed. can.
0: You explain the test. People might not know about the test. I didn't know about the test until recently. Can you explain what that is for people that don't know?
1: Yeah. Anytime a, a girl says that they like a sport, you know, a guy always has to be like, "Well, what about this player? What do you know about them? Or name five players on a team." It's always <laughs> like that. And it's like if you ever talk to a guy and they say, "Hey, I'm a 49ers fan," the guy's never like, "Oh, you sure?" You sure you know what you're talking about? Like you just believe them. So when a when a girl says they know about a sport, just believe them.
0: There you go. Don't no gatekeeping here. We don't have to. You don't have to pass the test before I then believe what you say about the team. But look, if we have to get people one at a time at bars across America, we are willing to do it. Now, what he needs to do is make an announcement on the flight, right? This is your captain speaking are any 49er fans out there on the flight today we invite you to listen to the Niners Nation podcast I just met a delightful woman the other day she seemed perfectly pleasant you should check it out
1: I think he owes that to us now so if he's listening I don't remember his name uh but yeah (laughs) he (laughs) owes this to us now
0: (laughs) okay I think you might have just blown it there but nonetheless let's move on uh it's Seahawks week I love this week I hate this week. There is no team that I would enjoy beating more than the Seattle Seahawks. And there is no team that makes me more nervous than the Seattle Seahawks. As George Kittle pointed out, they have won 16 of their last 19 games against the 49ers. I don't care what the records are. I don't care how Russell Wilson has looked lately. I will be nervous until this thing is over on Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, I mean, Garoppolo versus Russell. Their are grapples one and three against him. It's not, it's like how the 49ers always destroy the Rams or beat up on the Rams. It's kind of like that with the Seahawks and the 49ers Seahawks are the, the big brother in this situation, but I know you said you don't want to hear it, how bad they look. The Seahawks do just look so incredibly bad. And guess what we were just talking about the steelers the steelers used to always whoop up on the Bengals. like the Bengals never ever beat the steelers and all of a sudden the steelers can't beat the Bengals to save their life and they just destroyed them this past week so i think that's kind of what we're gonna see here yes the what they've done in the past and as of recent it it's a little worrisome but i really believe the 49ers are going to come out here The two teams are just not even on the same level right now. The 49ers are one of the best teams right now in the NFL, which is crazy to say. And the Seahawks are truly like bottom five, might be bottom three.
0: They just look, they look dysfunctional right now. Russ doesn't look right. He seemingly has forgotten that DK Metcalf is on his team. You won't even look at him. He and Pete Carroll, Russ and Pete Carroll are like taking shots at each other in the post game press conference after the game. Like, it's just it's just bad. And here's how bad it is. The line in this game is Seahawks getting three and a half points at home. Like, just think about that. The Seahawks at their stadium with those fans against a team they have owned in the past and they are getting three and a half points. That says a lot to me about what Vegas thinks of where the Seahawks are right now.
1: And I was actually surprised that's all they were getting. Like, uh, I think, I really, I I can't, they can't score. They've scored 15 (laughs) or fewer points in each of the last three games. And and it only happened, they only scored that many points last game is because Russell Wilson on that last drive, you know, they gave him that opportunity, which,
0: you know. Stupid. Ron Rivera, I I don't (laughs) care that your kicker is hurt. Kick the damn field goal, you moron.
1: Yeah, that was really stupid. But the... Russell Wilson won't even look DK Metcalf's way. It makes no sense to me. If he just threw to him on that two-point conversion, they would have went into overtime. But he will not look his way. It's so weird to me. Uh, Tyler Lockett's still doing his thing, for the most part, highly inconsistent. But they have no run game because Alex Collins, like – He's fine, but you can't. Whoa! Well, they
0: just signed Adrian Peterson, Michelle, yeah. so look out.
1: <laughs> yeah. I cannot believe that the Titans move on from him so fast. But, yeah, if they're going to start bringing in Adrian Peterson slash Alex Collins, like they have no run game. They're just truly a, a terrible team. I mean, second to worst in the NFC. Only the Lions have a worse record than them. It wasn't just Geno Smith, you know, ruining them. It's just the team is off track this season. They're not very good. And they're probably, are they going to lose Wilson this off season, Do you think
0: it's Wilson or Pete Carroll? One of those two is not going to be back. And this is where I give Kyle Shanahan a lot of credit because like the cracks started to form in that locker room and Pete Carroll could not keep it together. They, they just look like a broken team right now. And then you've got the 49ers earlier this year, losing games left, right and center. And As bad as it looked to us fans, clearly inside the locker room, things never got that bad. They held it together. The team has bounced back, obviously. Now Debo Samuel's going on CBS Sports HQ, talking about the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. So I think it's a credit to Kyle Shanahan that he never lost the locker room, despite some adversity earlier this year.
1: Yeah, and I actually, like, if... You would have told me Devo said that, what, four weeks ago? I would have rolled my eyes and laughed, and I just called him, you know, crazy. But when you look at the teams in the NFL, like what I just said to start the show, there are no good teams this year. There's no one I'm confident in that's like, oh, that's going to be a super hard team to beat in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. Maybe the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Cardinals, but like the 49ers right now are looking like Just as good as any team in the NFL.
0: I completely agree with you. I have called them the team in the NFC that nobody wants to play right now. We usually give you player props and we're going to give you player props. But before we do that and take our break, I just want to be honest with everybody. We're recording this at 10 of 11 Eastern time on Friday morning. And you cannot find individual player props for this matchup on the internet. They don't exist
1: doesn't make any sense because there's no injuries to worry about really I mean you know Devo's not going to play IU is good to go Elijah Mitchell's good to go George Kittle there's no props doesn't make any sense
0: there's nothing for the Seahawks it's really really strange so what we're going to do is we're going to do our best we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to give you our ranges for certain players things you should be comfortable betting up until a certain point basically so uh we want to still you know kind of guide you we had a rough Week last week for the props, so we know we have to make up for it. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to the nitty-gritty of this game. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. Okay, Michelle, we have reached the part of the show where we get into some player props for this week. I got to be honest. We have not had a great couple weeks here on the show after an incredible hot streak to start the year. Last week, I believe we were 0-3 in our picks, so we have got to make up for it this week.
1: Yeah, Debo Samuel's been killing me the last couple weeks.
0: Not going to lie. <laughs> and then Dalvin Cook got hurt blood. last
1: week. I was like, I knew it. When when a bet seems too good to be true, right? His rushing yards were only 77 and a half. He's at, never not hit that this season when he was healthy. And then, of course, he's out there. He didn't even look like he was going to hit it before he got injured. But Alexander Madison did all right um, when he was out. So who knows if he would have hit it. But both the guys I bet on. My two bets, uh Dalvin Cook and Devo both got injured, but also Debo wasn't even being targeted. He was only a running back all of a sudden.
0: He, he was only a running back. Justin Jefferson's over under for receiving yards was 84 and a half. I believe he had 83 in the game. Yep. And on the final drive, Cousins targeted him and it got broken up too. So all he had to do was catch that one pass and he would have hit, hit the over. But look, we... We don't give you these bets to be close. We give you them to win, and we didn't win last week. So we've got to make up for some things. As I said, the individual player props are not yet posted up on DraftKings, but we're going to give you a couple of ranges. And the big question going into this one, Michelle, is what's going to happen with the 49ers offense? Because, I mean, we have been betting on Debo Samuel for multiple weeks now, whether it be rush yards, receiving yards, any of that. He's obviously not going to go in this game. Someone is going to have to get those yards, make them up somewhere if the 49ers are going to continue to score and win. So who do you point to as the person that's going to be the beneficiary of Debo Samuel being out of the lineup?
1: I mean, you have to look at Brandon Ayuk here because last year, like you know, I'm a a Ayuk lover. I was so (laughs) mad at Kyle Shanahan when he wasn't using him, but four out of the last or three out of the last four weeks, he's had 85 plus receiving yards. He's been utilized more in this offense. Now we've only got to see one game last year where Debo Samuel was out. And you got a full game with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, there that was only one full game. It was actually against the Seahawks last year. And he did put up 91 receiving yards, he had eight receptions, and he had a receiving touchdown. So it's not going to be identical, obviously, different season, different year. But I do think he's going to be the guy to get those targets. I think they're going to run a ton. Now, the Seahawks have been pretty good at stopping the run as of late. They did allow Antonio Gibson to put up 111 rushing yards, but he had 29 rushing attempts. It's only 3.8 yards per carry. Um, And then the last, the week before that, James Conner, 21 rushing attempts only for 62 rushing yards. The week before that, A.J. Dillon, 21 rushing attempts only for 66 rushing yards. So it's like teams are trying to run against them. It's not working out all too well. So I do think they're going to have to utilize the passing game and Brandon Ayuk's going to see close to 10 targets. So I do think he should hit his over as long as, you know, Vegas doesn't go crazy. Like, happy to take it over 70 receiving yards, somewhere in that 70 range. Uh, I don't think they'll put it too much higher than that. Like last night, CeeDee Lamb was at 67 and a half. Uh, so I think like I think they'll put Ayuk right around there.
0: I think that the pressure is on Brandon Ayuk. You know, he was drafted to be the number one. Debo has turned into the number one this year, but Debo was not a first-round pick. Brandon Ayuk was a first-round pick. They want him to be the guy. It's a lot different when you're, you know, going out into the field running pass routes when you're the number one focus of the defense. And Debo Samuel has been this year. Now, Ayuk has looked good lately. I mean, he's got at least 80 yards in three of his last four games. I think he's looked incredible after the catch. He has just this burst after the catch that is fantastic to watch. I think that ideally that would be the plan, but I don't know how he's going to respond if he's getting double covered all the time. Um,
1: we I saw it last how... year though, as a rookie True. with, without Jimmy Garoppolo, like with terrible quarterback play and he succeeded. That's why I thought he was going to be so good this year. Cause we saw him succeed as that number one guy. The really the only guy team defenses had to worry about because George Kittle was out for so many of those games as well. And Ayuk looked the part. So I'm not worried about him being the number one guy and teams still have to worry about George Kittle out there. It's not like there's no other great, uh, weapon. So, I think Ayuk's going to have a pretty solid game this week.
0: I really want to see, to me, that's what I want to see. I want to see Kittle like flex his muscle as a receiver. I know the blocking is great and he's really good at it. And he is, but I need to see more than just one screen pass to George Kittle. Like we saw last week. Like I want to see him threaten the field, uh, threaten the defense in the middle of the field. This dude can catch the ball and run, and let's see it a little bit. George Kittle's getting paid a lot of money, and when you are missing players, you have to lean on your stars. He is one of them. He's one of the highest-paid tight ends in the entire league. Let's go, George. If I put the over-under for George Kittle at 50 yards, are you going over?
1: That's a hard one. I mean, he's had fewer than 50 yards in each of the last three games. You would think they have to use him more now as a passer with Debo out. But what's weird is that now with Devo out, it's like, are these targets really going to increase? Because Devo Samuel hasn't even been seeing targets the last two games. Uh, he's really just been used as a rusher. So I don't know how much is really going to change. You would have thought Kittle's receptions would have went up the last couple of weeks with that being the case. Um, I don't feel good about George Kittle. The, the thing with Kittle is he can be used as a deep threat or he can, you know, break so many tackles after the catch that he could get a chunk, uh, a big chunk of 50 yards in just one play. If I had to bet on it, I would take the over, but I don't feel good about it.
0: I liked Kittle's comments uh, on Thursday, basically being like, look, this record against Seattle is unacceptable. His dad told him they've won 16 of the last 19 games. So thank you, Bruce Kittle, for trying to pump (laughs) up George. I'm sure he shared that with the rest of the team as well. Let's see it, George. Like, I like that he's talking a big game. He's pumped up. I think the offense takes a lot of their kind of, like, emotional cue from him. He gives them a lot of juice. Come out early with a big game. Gash that defense and let everybody know in Seattle that it's a new day, that we are ending the Pete Carroll-Russell Wilson era, and that the Niners are going to be ruling the rivalry for the years to come.
1: Kittle had 10 targets in that last Seahawks game, only 40 yards. But the Seahawks, like... They are, I mean, Pat Fryermuth had over 50 yards against them. Dan Arnold had 68, Tyler Conklin, 70, Zach Ertz in week 11 had 88. So it's like, it's not like the Seahawks are that great against the tight end position. Just, I mean, if you would think if, if you told me right now, George Kittle's getting 10 targets, I'd be like, yeah, smash that over on 50, but that mm-hmm. is pretty wild that he didn't do that last time, but he should see the targets. He should get over 50. It all depends on. Kyle Shanahan and how he wants to play this game I guess
0: before we get to some of the running backs there's one other receiver that I want to look at because he's been getting a lot of love this week and we have almost no data to go by when it comes with this guy and that's Juwan Jennings uh you know later round draft pick had some injuries he's been coming on this year Kyle Shanahan's been giving him some love lately and he's been getting more opportunities in the past game um I don't know what I would pick as an over-under. I don't feel comfortable in that area, but here's what I did see, and I think I saw this on FanDuel. Anytime touchdown scorer, Jawan Jennings is plus 220. He has sort of carved out that role for himself as someone in the red zone that the Niners can target. I think I like that Jawan Jennings bet. I don't know. He may only have one catch in the game for that touchdown, but I something triggered in my head when I saw that. I think I like that one.
1: Yeah, he only has 12 targets all season long, but four of them have come in the red zone. He has as many red zone targets as George Kittle this season.
0: That is insane. That's, uh, like that that unacceptable. is unacceptable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right? he has as many, he actually has as many receptions in the red zone as Ayuk. They both have three and as many, uh only one fewer reception in the red zone as Debo Samuel. Samuel is four. So they are using Jennings down there. They're not using him anywhere else. He's not a very good player. I'm going to say that right there. He's a tall <laughs> dude, but he's super slow. And he actually doesn't have that long of an arms for being 6'3". 48th percentile uh, length of arms, which is weird to me when you're 6'3". Uh, but they apparently like to use him when they get close to the end zone. So if I'm going to put a bet down on him, for, it would for sure be touchdown related. I don't yes. want to touch the yards because, yeah, they're, they're hyping him up as being the number two guy there. But... How many targets are there really to be to go around? I think it's Zayuk Show this week. And if they get someone else involved, hopefully it's George Kittle. But yeah, i put down a bet for a touchdown. Why not?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's a it's worthwhile. Um the other anytime touchdown score, this is a little riskier, but this is just me just willing to sacrifice money. Kyle Ushek is plus five fifty when the niners are down some of their stars they do give juice a little more run he had a big reception last week deep down the field especially for a fullback um yeah. i could just see them in the red zone on third down i don't know i just i like it something in my head is saying juice is going to get an opportunity in the red zone at plus 550 take 10 bucks throw it down like what what have you got to lose
1: and someone's going to have to get some yards here the seahawks are allowing the most Total yards per game in the NFL nearly 400 total yards per game at 399. So, someone has to get yards here. I do think Elijah Mitchell will have a pretty, like, really solid game. Like I said, his efficiency might not be fantastic, but he's had 27 carries each of the last two games. Now, Debo's not even there to steal some of those carries. They'll probably get Jeff Wilson more involved. Jermichael Hasty's looking like he could come back. But I still think he's going to get 25 plus carries, and even if you're not efficient there, like you should hit 100 rushing yards. Um, And if right now the 49ers the last few weeks has been so good at controlling the clock, time of possession has been insane for the 49ers, 37 plus minute time of possession each of the last three weeks, and the Seahawks are averaging 27, no, sorry, 24 minute time of possession, which is the second. Uh, worse in the nfl
0: they actually no, it's I, worse. Just
1: wrong there it's the worst in it's the, NFL the worst by far
0: their defense is dead last in yards allowed per drive plays allowed per drive and opponent time of possession which is exactly how the 49ers have been winning and are built to win so in theory this should be a perfect matchup the 49ers strength Matches up perfectly with Seattle's weakness. That is what you love to see coming into a game. I just, I worry because it's a divisional game and weird stuff happens. But I do think that Elijah Mitchell is going to get the opportunity to put up a zillion yards in this game, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo starts off this game anywhere close to how terribly he started the game against Minnesota. Kyle Shanahan clams up, he takes the ball out of his hands. I think that Elijah Mitchell could go for 30 more touches this week. I think he's, I would take the over on Elijah Mitchell rushing yards. Probably, I would even take it over 80, to be honest with you. Like, I think this is going to be a big Elijah Mitchell game.
1: They're going to have it over 80 after what he's done lately. He's averaging over 80 yards per game on the season. So I I can't imagine Vegas is going to put it below there. They might even have it, you know, over 90, which is kind of fair because of how many rushing attempts he's getting. Uh, And I I think I'm taking that over. Like I said, the Seahawks have been pretty stingy, but... The 49ers just know how to get, you know, create holes for their guys. So I'm not too worried about it. They've been utilizing, like Elijah Mitchell got six targets last game, which typically, you know, that doesn't happen for a 49ers running back. I love to see that. The week before he did get zero, so it's been inconsistent. The week before that, though, five receptions again. Um, so I hope they keep util- utilizing him in that area without Devo being used as a wide receiver. And now him being out, uh, we could keep seeing those targets, which I guess, you know, you don't really want to put a bet down on that, but you love it for fantasy. If you have him on your fantasy team, you love that he's getting those targets.
0: And some of those targets were big last week. There was one where Garoppolo was almost getting sacked and he just dumped it off to Elijah Mitchell. Not only did he avoid the sack, Mitchell ended up running for a first down on the play. So it's been valuable to help that offense stay on schedule. And keep in mind, he has a broken finger. Like there's a pin in Elijah Mitchell's finger and he's still doing this the dude is an absolute monster so how high would his rushing yardage over under have to be in order for you to back off is it like what if it was 95 like cooper cups receiving yards a few weeks ago
1: um i don't feel good with that i don't only the seahawks are allowing under four yards per carry uh like for the last handful of games like i said there has been a bunch of running like i was excited for aj Dillon without aaron jones against the mm-hmm. seahawks and it, it didn't work out i was excited for james connor after his uh one big game and then he played against the seahawks and he got the carries he just didn't get the yards um So I am a little bit worried there if it was 95, but I'll take it over 90 after or I'll take it at 90 after that. I would shy away.
0: Wow. 90. That's pretty good. Okay. I could see that. Um, Is there anyone else on the 49ers that you want to mention on offense before we start to get into the other side of the ball the Seahawks?
1: Yeah. Sorry. If you hear my cat, he wants into the room. (laughs) So he's, he's meowing. he wants into the podcast. Uh, But I, one, I wanted to bring up one bet I've been really liking lately is taking longest reception last night with, uh, Amari Cooper. You know, everyone was worried about his snaps. His longest reception was only at 19 and a half. I loved that for him. And he, he got that 41 yard reception. Uh, so that like, I really have been liking those bets as of late. Uh, so if Brandon Ayuk is sitting there at like 20 yards, longest reception, um, I would be taking that because he you know each of the last two weeks he's had a 34 yard reception and a 37 yard reception he's going he the weeks before that every single week since week eight he's hit over 20 yards for longest reception
0: so if that's interesting you bring that up the jimmy garoppolo longest completion prop is 33 and a half yards i don't know if i would take that but i kind of like what you're saying with ayuk because the other thing is the seahawks defense has really struggled defending screen passes And I think the 49ers would love to be able to hit a couple screens with Debo out, you know, get the ball in Ayuk's hands or Kittle. We've seen the tight end screen. I think they would love to do that because it's a perfect opportunity for Kyle Shanahan to get an explosive play and not risk throwing an interception, which is like, you know, his favorite thing in the entire world. So there are going to be opportunities there. I could see Ayuk taking a screen and breaking it, you know, 25, 30 yards down the field.
1: Yeah, if so, if it's sitting there, anything at 21, 22 yards, I wouldn't want to take it. Sometimes they have it super high on players like 25, 26, like Justin Jefferson last week, like that makes me too nervous when it gets that high. But if they, if they have that bet anywhere around 20 to 22 yards, I I'm taking that over.
0: What I actually worry about is on the flip side with the Seahawks because I think eventually Russell Wilson has to figure out that DK Metcalf's on his team and that he's really big and that he's really fast. And when the 49ers secondary has struggled this year, it's when they face a quarterback like a Carson Wentz, who is willing to just drop back and chuck it up there and be like, well, whatever happens, happens. I'm throwing this thing deep and we'll probably get a flag. That's when the 49ers defense has struggled. So I think that that's what we're going to see a couple of moon balls from Russ in this game. And I think he's going to hit at least one. Now I just have to question, you know, is it going to be to Lockett? Is it going to be to Freddie Swain? Is it going to be to DK Metcalf? I don't know. I got to put my money on the right horse there, so to speak, but I think he's going to take a deep shot and I think he's going to hit at least one.
1: Yeah. And if he's going to going to take a deep shot, it'll probably be to Tyler Lockett. I mean tyler lockett's leading the nfl in those deep receptions deep receiving yards by a massive chunk it's like pretty much the only thing tyler lockett does if he (laughs) catches the ball it's going for 30 yards and that there's no in between it's either he's going to get zero receptions or three receptions for 95 yards he has had 95 plus receiving yards in three of the last four games he's just the least consistent wide receiver in the nfl having him in fantasy is a headache because he's either going to go off for a hundred yards or he's going to give you nothing. So I don't, I never want to even touch Tyler Lockett in a bet because he's just a roller coaster. You never know what you're going to get from him. And I I love me some DK Metcalf. I call him Daddy Metcalf. Daddy! <laughs> I, I, I love DK Metcalf, but I don't know what's going on, because he looks like he's open on so many plays. And Russell Wilson doesn't even look his side of the field. I mean, Russell Wilson's like, I'm only going to look at one side of the field. That's all that's happening, and I'm going to throw it. And if it gets intercepted, it gets intercepted. Like he doesn't even look like he's going to, I I think he has zero trust in his offensive line, which is fair. He gets destroyed immediately. Nick Bosa should have a blast this week, Uh, but that DK Metcalf should be getting 10 targets a game. Like he's a super talented wide receiver. He won't even look his way. I don't want to bet the under because if all of a sudden Russell Wilson does look his way, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. But I don't know what's going on there. I I don't understand that relationship right now and what's gone on to just not even earn those targets.
0: I co-host the SB Nation NFL show on Tuesdays with Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation, the Philadelphia Eagles community here at SB Nation. And he loves to talk about BLE, big loser energy. And right now, there is big loser energy coming off the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. It's just bad right now. It's ugly. They're in a funk. The only thing that I think might help them is that it doesn't look like Fred Warner is going to play in this game. So I think that Russ might be able to run a little more than usual. He usually has some success against the 49ers as a runner. And if Fred Warner is out, I know Aziz Shire is really fast, but he's not Fred Warner. Like, Fred Warner is an all-pro linebacker. Aziz has been playing really well, but there's a drop-off there. If Bosa does manage to get some pressure on Russ, there's going to be opportunities for him to take off with his legs. That could help keep the Seahawks on schedule, if anything. But you're right. The, the DK Metcalf funk. I mean, the whole offense, D'Amico Ryan said it for the 49ers this week because Russ made a big deal about how they got a new offensive coordinator there before the season, and it's going to be so great. And D'Amico Ryan said, nope, still the same old Seahawks offense. They want to run the ball and take deep shots. And it's like, okay, well, then, then that, we know what to prepare for.
1: Chris Carson still leads that team in rushing touchdowns. <laughs> he hasn't played since week four.
0: <laughs> oh, man. and and P- that's
1: how bad they are.
0: And all Pete Carroll wants to do is run the ball. So that's just a, nothing is working right now for Seattle.
1: No, and you did see last week, sooner or later, Russell Wilson did just start running because he can't throw. I mean, his fingers clearly not there yet. He shouldn't have came back. Uh, because it's, it's not there for him uh, as a passer, his balls look so bad. And Russell Wilson's a really, really good quarterback. So it sucks to see him out there. I mean, I'm sure you're loving it to see him struggling so hard, but (laughs) I mean, you know, as a 49ers fan, I'm sure it's great, but it's kind of hard to watch him struggle this hard. Um, yeah. So he started to use his legs a little bit more and you're wondering, I am wondering if the 49ers, you know, have Trey Lance out there a little bit more in practice to like you know, practice against that type of quarterback. You have to expect Russell Wilson to try to run more in this game because how hard he's struggling. So hopefully they're prepared for that. And I think they will be, this is just going to be a super ugly, ugly game for the Seahawks offense in general. It's going to come down to, can the Seahawks defense, they've been pretty solid as of late. Like, can they keep the Seahawks in the game to allow Russell Wilson to have a shot at trying to have that last drive to do something? Um, but you know, if the 49ers offense can do their thing, then the Seahawks have no chance
0: avoid the big turnover early. If you're the 49ers, cause I think if you can get a lead and get up on the Seahawks and they have a couple three and outs or a couple of, of drives that don't pan out, they're going to hear the booze. They have heard the booze at home multiple times already this season. I think the crowd is kind of ready to turn on them a little bit against the, you know, a big rival in the 49ers. They're obviously going to be super frustrated if the Seahawks start slowly. That's what I want to see. Go back to the I script. I can't imagine
1: the crowd is that crazy this week. Like, who's 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 dying to go to that game in Seattle <laughs> this week? Like, nobody. It's probably going to be chilly um, in December in Seattle. Your team is terrible. You have a terrible record. You have no chance of making the playoffs. Like, they're not even a fun team to watch while they're losing. They're just right. dreadful. So I can't imagine this stadium is packed full of Seahawks fans.
0: Step on them early. Don't let them get any momentum, any life. I think they're ready to pack it in, like you said, Michelle. And hopefully that's what we see the 49ers do. uh, And uh, hopefully you can make some money off of it also. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Before we leave, I just want to give a shout out and say congratulations to our own Leo Luna, one half of the Oh Hey There podcast. His son was born this morning at 539 a.m., he tweeted he wanted to be here for Seattle week and watch the end of the Carol Wilson era, Niners by a million. Congratulations, Leo Luna.
1: Oh, congratulations.
0: So, my other co host on the Espionation NFL show is RJ Ochoa. His son was born before the Cowboys game, not this Thursday, but last week. And the Cowboys came out and stunk it up. So, you know, I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad, or a bad sign, I should say, but hopefully the Niners have more success than the Cowboys did a couple of weeks ago.
1: The Niners should come out and destroy Seattle, just like he said. Uh, don't worry about it. I understand it's hard. You know, you're going to be a little bit worried just because of how bad they've hurt you in the past. Uh, but the 49ers got this.
0: Speaking of rivalry games really quick before we go, your Steelers. Oh are facing the rival of rivals, <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens. This week, it is the thirtieth matchup between Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh, and Mike Tomlin has fifteen wins and fourteen losses in that rivalry. It has been incredibly even. Lamar's coming off a four-interception game. What What do you think? What do What do you think is going to happen in this game?
1: I have no idea. I think both teams stink. the The fact that the Ravens lead the AFC right now is a joke. Like. I don't know who wins when you throw four interceptions. Like that's ridiculous. They won that game. I just feel like they just keep getting so lucky winning games. They have no right to win but at the same time, the Steelers suck so bad. So (laughs) I don't expect the Steelers to come out here and win this game. The Steelers are the worst defense against the run um, when it comes to efficiency wise, giving up the most yards per carry. Lamar Jackson's going to have a field day there. And if he's running all over the place, it's going to open up the passing game. The Steelers are also allowing the most chunk plays in the passing game. Sorry, not the most fifth most, but it's like a couple away from the the most uh through the passing game so i I expect hollywood brown to have a nice game there as well mark andrews to destroy the steelers and i just i have zero faith in this team they're so incredibly bad it's torture to watch them uh and i hate our offensive coordinator
0: matt canada you are just beaten down right now it's you know it's kind of interesting we're watching kind of the end of a couple of eras. We talked about the end of the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson era. I think it's clearly the end of the Ben Roethlisberger era in Pittsburgh. Please, please. And I mean, if I'm just comparing the two, I got to give Roethlisberger the edge. He's has more Super Bowl appearances, more Super Bowl wins than Russell Wilson. I think I think Ben has been the better quarterback in his career.
1: Well, so far, yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson still has a much he's going to keep going with yes, even that's if, true. if he's not on the Seahawks like I think Russell Wilson will come back to life and be a, a fantastic quarterback again at some point uh but yeah Ben had a great career it's time for him to go um I thank him for his services uh
0: just <laughs> as a no quarterback
1: as a human being uh you know not the best so uh, yeah. I, I thank him for his quarterback play um, and the fun times I many fun experiences I've had in Pittsburgh watching him play uh, but yeah it's time to go the air is done it's gonna be a rough few years for the Steelers it's gonna be brutal but sooner or later they'll get back to the top and I'll be here
0: well, there you go see that's a positive ending to the show that's very very good uh one last thing before we go we want to remind you please join us for the instant reaction podcast after the game against the Seahawks we'll be live on the Niners Nation YouTube page Facebook page Twitter page we take your questions, your comments. I have an adult beverage or two, especially if the 49ers win. It is a very good time. Thousands of you have been showing up every week. We really do appreciate that. We want to keep that going. So feel free to hop in there. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. For Michelle Maju, I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk to you after the game.
1: Bye, y'all.